Well, good evening and welcome 412 Ministry. We are glad you are here for another Wednesday night service uh, online. Uh, it, it has been a long time since we've seen you. We miss you. And, and more importantly, all this quarantine and confinement, it, it's, it's making parents get up, about fed up to here with their kids. I get it. I'm there with you, all the parents. I understand completely. Uh, there's something about those precious teenagers. Look, if things were open... Like, you know, there's certain, not Lowe's and all that, but if, if there were restaurants or bowling alleys or movie theaters or something, that gives parents a chance to get away and take a break from those, those precious little angels of theirs. And they need that break because everybody getting confined up, just it, it gets a little tough. But, but we're going to get through this together, all of us. I'm in the same boat as you are. are. And, and to, to be honest, I, I just, I've gotten to thinking about it, and I cannot figure out what it is about the sweet little children that we were bringing up through Awana and Cubby and all that stuff. And then they hit those teenage years, those, those really meaningful teenage years. And you, you give them to us in this youth ministry. Um, and thank you for that, by the way. But it, there's something about those years where they just, all of a sudden, they know everything. They will, they will argue with you about everything. It, even when you're giving them a compliment, they're going to argue. They're, they don't listen they smell funny. In general, they're, they're just very awkward. Now, I imagine there's a lot of wives out there right now saying, that sounds like my husband. Well, well my wife's back there shaking her head, yes, right now. So thank you to my precious bride. But it's still a tough time for those kids. Let me, let me stop. Let me stop for a minute. Speaking of my precious bride, the other day, she shared something. Kind of moved me a little bit. That touched my heart. She said, when I gave those vows, better or worse, I didn't realize that would mean that I would be confined in a house with my kids and a husband. And I thought, well, she means that for better. And that was, I got a little teary-eyed. And then I realized that's not what she meant at all because apparently she called Thad and said, when it comes to vows, is there like a mulligan or a do-over with all this kind of thing? And, and the answer is no, my princess bride. No, if I'm stuck in the house with, with those younglings of yours, then you have to be too, okay? If, if I have to tolerate myself every day, you should have to as well. But a, anyway, side story, sorry. You don't even have to pay for that. You can, give me money. But, but when it comes to the kids, I, I, I can't tell you how many parents have reached out to me and said, wow, this quarantine thing has made me realize that my kid is a pain. And I'm thinking, that quarantine made you realize that? I could have told you that. I could have told you that your kid's a pain. I've known it for years. But, it, but you know, look, I'm not, that's not the case for every parent. I had one, one parent, um, Cora, your dad, he, had, he, he was really, he, he stepped out there for you. He said, this quarantine thing has not made me change my mind about my daughter at all. He said, I've always thought she was a pain. Bless your heart. It was brutal. And he was only saying it because it's true, okay? But anyway, Cora, we still love you. Uh, we miss you. Uh, do a little dance for us one day. But I thought, I thought tonight would be a good time to show a couple little videos. One, it helps to, the first one, it's going to help show sometimes kids, our, our kids need to be put in their place, kind of remember where they are in the, in the hierarchy, Okay? 
The second video is a little clip of something I was thinking might be a good idea when everything gets back to normal. Maybe we have that. Well, maybe maybe we play this game, you know, parents versus students, and and it'll be an opportunity for us to, us as parents especially, to relieve some stress, some of that pent up aggression, and, and just help us to express our true feelings to our kids. So take a look at these couple of videos. My 18-year-old Spencer, I love him to death, but he's big now. He's lifting weights. He's got muscles, man. He's ripped, shredded. He walks in the kitchen without a shirt on. <laughs> Takes a whole gallon of milk. He goes, hey, Dad, I got 8% body fat. What do you got? <laughs> Money. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I don't know where that came from. Oh, there's some more. I don't know how that's happening. <laughs> oh, you got no gas in the car? Why don't you run up to the gym? Maybe you'll drop down to 7%. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna drive up to the store, get some Krispy Kreme, boy! Ha-ha! <laughs> Don't get me a dozen Krispy Kreme! Oh, you got a six-pack? I got a 12-pack! Ah! <laughs> I'm gonna put some MSG on my GMO! Well, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm already getting texts. Braden, your mom wants to be lined up directly across from you in that game. But I, look, I don't know if we're going to get to do that game. There's, there's some liability issues, so, that, so we may have to just do it and ask for forgiveness. I'm not sure we can ask for permission on that one. But it looks like a lot of fun. I'm kind of excited to have the opportunity to line up against a few of you myself. Uh, but let's get started. Guys, let's, let's get focused on what we're here for, and that's to worship the Lord. And that's to praise him. Uh, and so we're going to start tonight, like we, we always do, with some scripture reading. We're going to go to Galatians. So uh, I'm going to give you a second to turn to Galatians. That's, if you don't know where that is, it should be on page 2024. I'm just kidding, Bethy. That's not true. I have no clue what your Bible said, what page that is. 
but Galatians. We're going to go to chapter 6. We're going to read verses 6 through 10. So I hope you're there with me, and if not, read along on the screen. Galatians 6, starting in verse 6. Let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who, so, who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for another opportunity to be here, to worship you, to um, study your word. And we just pray that tonight would be uplifting, that you would just minister to us um, and, and speak to us. Use the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. We thank you for this week, the rain that you've given us. We just ask for safety in any storms that come through. Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to all have good attitudes as we're um, all stuck together. Um, but Lord, it's a good opportunity for us uh, to minister to one another and to worship you together as families. Thank you for this time tonight. We just lift it up to you, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. All righty, guys. So we're about to get started with our worship, and I hope that you all join along with us. We're going to sing How He Loves First, and then we're going to do a newer song. So um, you all should probably know it, and if you don't, just pick up on it, because we're eventually going to do it in youth, hopefully. So let's worship together. jealous for me loves like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of a sudden I am unaware of the afflictions eclipsed by glory, 
And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Yeah, He loves us Oh, how He loves us Oh, how He loves us Oh, how He loves Yeah, He loves us By the grace in his eyes If his grace is an ocean We're all sinking And heaven meets earth Like an unforeseen kiss And my heart turns violently Inside of my chest And I don't have time To maintain these regrets When I think about You have led me 
the fire and in darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have it in the goodness of God so thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity just to gather together virtually and just to hear your word, God. I pray that you would be with Corey as he um, delivers your message, God. I pray that you would use him as a vessel just to speak your word and um, just to speak life, God. And I pray that we would just all be receptive and attentive throughout this time together. In your name I pray. Amen. <coughs> well, the video that we watched um, before we really got serious of the kids running into each other and 
bouncing them around. Um, I think that's a really good idea. We should definitely do that. Um, Amanda told me to say that, so if it gets back to somebody being responsible, it's Amanda, not me. But um, I agree with Amanda. We should definitely do that because I would love to see y'all just flopping around everywhere. It's really no different than a typical Wednesday night, though. So, <laughs> But um, anyways, we are going to pick back up in the book of James. Um, move forward. We're going to try and get through verses 13 through verse 18 tonight in chapter 1. That'll be the goal. We'll see how far we get. Um, and tonight's going to be some diving in for sure. Um, just quite honestly, there are still some areas in this passage um, that I'm, I don't feel like I'm truly grasping. Um, maybe the gravity of it. And so we're going to dive in to the best of our ability, and we're going to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us. Um, so anyways, let's go to him in prayer beforehand, and then we'll get started. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I am so thankful that your Spirit lives in me the same spirit that led men to pen your word. Lord, I, I'm so thankful for that because I know that everything that I've learned this week has not been something that Corey has done, but it is something that your Holy Spirit is doing to and through and for Corey. And I'm thankful for that. Lord, I'm it gives me great peace, <clears throat> great peace, knowing that you wrote this book and you live in me, you lead me, you guide me. And Father, for that I'm thankful. Lord, I pray that you would direct us tonight. Lord, I pray that um, all the things that I would say from here on to the end of this lesson, Lord, would be... Um, honoring and glorifying to you. Lord, that anything that would be uh, would be against you, your deity, your word, Lord, that it would not leave my mouth, it would stay with me and not leave, and that everything that leaves my mouth would absolutely align with who you are and with your word. Father, I need you to speak through me. Um, I need your strength. It's in your precious and holy name that I pray. Amen. All right. So James 1, 13 through 18, that's where we're going to be. Um, <clears throat> let's read it and we'll get going. All right. So verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, 
that we might be kind that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. All right, so um, <clears throat> like normal, I think the best way for us to kind of dive in here um, is to look at a couple of key words, um, kind of how James, when he was writing this in, in Greek, what he was truly saying, um, and then kind of try and summarize each verse, and then we'll come back at the very end and summarize this, this section. So, Let's look at the first word, tempted. We see it in verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So we see it here four times in this one verse. It comes up several times, and you can see the Strong's G3985, and it's to try or to test one's faith, virtue, or character, and it's by the enticement to sin or to solicit to sin. Okay, and it's, I think it's very important that we understand that this right here, um, God's not doing it, all right? It's very important. So when we see this, I really want our minds to kind of go back to Job. And we're going to turn there. You can go ahead and turn to Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12, okay? Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12, because that's really, when, I, when we read this section, I, I want us to drift to Job and think about Job and Satan and God and uh, how they kind of had a relationship with each other in a sense, uh, but how they really they conversed, how they reacted to each other. So Job 1, verses 6 through 12. All right. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now... Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right? And really, that's what my mind went to when I was going through this and this, this enticement to sin, this solicitation to sin or, or evil was, man, wasn't that going on in, in Job's life? I mean, you have Satan that is doing whatever. I mean, God says, yeah, you can, you can tempt him. You can test him. Um, he really offers Job up on a silver platter to Satan. Hey, test, test my servant Job. And God gives him these barriers. Operate in, in these walls and you're good. And so Satan does. He invites Job to curse God. He invites him to sin. He entices him to it by doing things to Job. And, and we know the story. Job, ultimately, yes, he does, he does sin, but there for a while he's really standing fast. I mean, he's really holding strong. And my mind just went to that was, wow, you know, God allowed Satan to tempt Job, but God did not tempt Job. Never in the book of Job do you see that God is doing these things. He's allowing these things to happen, but he's not the author of those things. All right, so... The question becomes, why does God not entice people to sin? I mean, we see that he allows it, but why would he not be the one that does it? I mean, he's kind of in control of all things. It's act, I think it's a good question. All right. 
And good news, James answers it. All right? So James answers this with saying he cannot be tempted. I mean, we see it here. I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. And here, when you look at the, the Greek, you're actually going to see that this literally means he is incapable of being tempted to do evil. All right, God is so pure that he literally can't be involved with evil. And so as I was thinking about it, it just, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what night it was that I was studying this particular um, section, but I just kind of sat there at my kitchen table and it was like, wow, I mean, as evil and sinful as I am, God is like, not even the opposite. I mean, it's, He's just on a whole nother level by himself. And it really just made me really just stop and, um, and just really praise him for who he is. I mean, God is so pure. Um, he is so holy. I mean, the word declares he is holy, holy, holy. He is set apart, set apart, set apart. So, I mean, he is so godlike, we can't even begin to fathom it. Um, but in this section, we see that he literally is incapable of being tempted to do evil. All right, he doesn't involve himself with evil. All right, James 1.14. James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So a couple words here. We're going to see drawn away. It's to draw or drag out as from the right way. All right, so think of somebody who's kind of on the right way and somebody comes along of them and they're kind of dragging them off the right path. Um, that's, that's the terminology, the terminology that James is using here. All right, his own means exactly that. I want us to understand that his own is us, okay? So this is our, this is our doing, it's not divine leading, okay? So this drawing away is not something that God is doing. He's not drawing us away from the right path. That is done by us. So this is where you, you really have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and understand that if you have found yourself on the wrong path, um, this is not God's doing, it's your doing, okay? Um, maybe, yeah, you were led there by, um, by a tool of Satan, by a vessel of Satan, or by Satan himself, but ultimately it was your, your own desires, okay? And we see that here, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, right? And desires is a desire for what is forbidden, okay? So it's, I really thought it was cool how James is going through this, and, and I'm looking at this word desire, and I'm going, okay, it's just desire is kind of a strong feeling, right? I mean, if I really desire something, I really want it, but it goes deeper here. This is, the, the connotation is it's for something that's forbidden, and so it, it, it takes it to another level. And I really, kind of like in verse 13, we kind of want to see Job and think of Job. kind of want us to think Adam and Eve here. All right, think Adam and Eve. Turn to Genesis 3. Genesis 3. If you don't know where that is, you can text Chris and ask him what page. He'll tell you. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. All right. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, 
you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. So we see here that Eve had a desire, right? And not just a desire, but a desire for what is forbidden. I mean, God literally said, don't eat of this one tree, and that's what she desired. It was forbidden. All right, so I really want us to think about that. And, and I mean, I'm sure going through Awana and coming into youth group, I mean, we all, we all understand here that this is where the first sin happens. And so um, bottom line is that desire for what is forbidden, um, we all have it. We all do. I mean, don't let somebody convince you that they desire everything good. It's, it's, it's not who we are. Um, but fact is, is that we've got to keep it in check. Okay? All right? And enticed is to bait. Enticed is to bait. Now, when I thought about this, I thought about dove hunting. So, the guys in my family, all the Cooper guys, we... Uh, dove hunt on opening day every every year for the last several years go down to our family farm and uh, we dove hunt on opening day and it's something that I really look forward to doing every year and you know a couple um, of the guys who come are really good at dove hunting and so they'll sit these um, I call them dodo birds but they stick out the fake doves out there to try to entice other doves to come in and the the whole thing that they're trying to do is, you know, they've, you've got food on the ground, you've had it there for months, the doves come in, they eat the food, and they fly back up to the trees, and, you know, doves, they can't hear well, uh, they don't really have ears, but they can see really well, and so what will happen is doves will get up in the tree line behind you or around you, and they'll just hang out there, and they're just looking. They're looking for things that are not normal, looking for things that they haven't seen, and they're trying to make sure that the food that they want that's on the ground is good and that they're safe. And so they'll just play a game of I spy. I spy the human. If they, find, if they spy the human, they go to the next field. And so what the goal is, is you put the fake dove out and it, what you're trying to do is show them, hey, it's safe. You can come out here. You're enticing them to come out. And the whole reason you're doing so, and if you're not a hunter or if you're a bird lover, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, but the whole reason that you do this is to blow their heads off. Um, you don't eat their heads, so you don't really care that they have heads. So, but, you know, that's the whole point. And so when I was really getting to this enticement, this baiting, it was like, huh, yeah, we do that. Now, I don't because I'm not really good at shooting, so I don't waste my money on fake doves because even if the dove came, I'm not going to hit it. So it doesn't matter. I could throw a rock at it better than I could shoot a gun at it. But needless to say, that's kind of what I want us to see is the um the fake dove all right you're this is enticement okay this is enticement that's happening in our lives here james 114 well hey i've already done all that james 115 all right conceive let's read 15 real quick then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death so this term for conceived g 4815 
it is where the desire has been indulged. Okay, so now we're, we're moving further in this sin process. It's where the desire has been indulged. Okay, we can see that the, this leads to sin being born. And when sin grows up, it leads to death. So I've got this really cool formula, if you will, that I wrote on a piece of paper a long time ago. In fact, I think it was my senior year. Um, my senior year in youth group, I actually, I know Tim Bartlett, myself, and Clifton, not Clifton, uh, Caleb Blunt, we all graduated together. And we all had an opportunity to teach youth group one night. And so my night, I actually taught on the book of James. And I remember studying this and going, hey, this is the sin process. And, um, and so I wrote it down to try and help myself stay away from sin. And it didn't really work all that well. I need to go back. There we go. Um, so temptation leads to being drawn away, which leads to conception, which leads to the birth of sin, which leads to accomplished sin, which leads to death. Okay? So if you want to die, follow this process. Okay? And this is not just a physical death, though it can be. It's a spiritual death. And so it just takes one, just one sin, and that's all it takes to spiritually die. So pretty, uh, pretty big stakes here. All right, James 1.16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. All right? Not here is one is commanded to cease from something already begun. All right, so I think it's pretty cool because to me what James is saying here is that the audience here has already started down a path that James is calling them back from, right? So deceived is led into error. And like I just said, I view this verse as a comeback verse, all right? It's kind of like, hey, stop. You're, you're going down a path. You don't need to be going on. Come back. Don't be led into error. Come back, okay? So if you're watching this, and you have already begun, you're being led into error, then I want to come alongside of you with James, with the Holy Spirit, and say, come back, come back, okay? Don't keep going down that path, because like we saw, temptation, drawn away, conception, birth, accomplished sin, death, okay? That's what's coming. Please don't continue down this path. All right, James 1, 17 through 18. James 1, 17 through 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Um, Savannah, can you come up here real quick? I, I need your assistance. Savannah? Savannah! Savannah! All right, so here... I want us to see here that gift actually is two, two different Greek words, okay? And I thought it was kind of cool. So gift, the first one is gift, and it emphasizes an object as in a gift. So if I'm giving Savannah this pen, that is a gift, right? The pen is the gift. Give me that back. All right. So the second gift emphasizes the act of giving. The act of giving. No, the act of giving, the act of giving. Gift, that's the first word. The act of giving. No. Okay, you're done. Thank you. So, y'all see, I hope that kind of helps you see a little bit that the first gift here 
is emphasizing the actual object. It is the gift itself. The second gift is emphasizing the act of giving. So the emphasis isn't the gift, it's the act of giving, okay? And we have some words that are around the words that are used for gift. One, the first one is good. What this means is it's useful. So the first one is it's a useful gift. It's a useful object. And the second one is perfect, okay? And this is complete. So we have a useful gift, and we have a completed act of giving, okay? And it's saying that that gift and the gift-giving process, it's useful, it's complete, it is from God. They're perfect and they're useful, all right? And this no variation or shadow of turning, this is, this is his constant, okay? There, there's no variables with God. It's, it's God is God, okay? The gift is the gift, all right? First fruits here is believers in general are consecrated to God from among the rest of mankind, all right? So he, he wants to consecrate us, and he has. Oop, I hit it one too many times. Uh-oh. There we go. All right, so God has consecrated us being believers, so you're not the us if you're not a believer. You are the us if you are a believer, okay? So to make that painfully clear, if you are a born-again believer, you are part of the us. If you are not a born-again believer, you are not part of the us. God has consecrated us to him according to his will, okay? It's very important that we, we see that here. It, it can be tricky. This can be um, off-putting, but it's truth. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be the kind of, a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Bottom line is, they're his gifts. It's his salvation. It's his will. It's his plan, okay? I know that can be uncomfortable, but that, that comes straight out of his word, okay? So to kind of summarize everything, God doesn't tempt anyone. He can't even be involved with evil. Temptation is to draw away, leads to conception, leads to birth, leads to accomplished sin, which ultimately leads to death. Our own sinful desires lead us astray. It's not the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, I, I don't want these excuses being, oh, you know, I've gotten down here because the Lord's led me there. No, he has not, okay? It's your own sinful desires that have led you astray, not the Lord. All right, don't be led astray. It's pretty simple, but yet we all are all have been led astray at some point and unfortunately may be led astray again. So just don't do it, okay? Be the opposite of Nike. Don't do it. Just don't do it. All right, God is the author of good. His word is truth. We see that right there in 18, the word of truth. All right, and God is in control. All right, I hope that y'all can rest, have peace, knowing that he is in control. All right, whether you think he is or whether you think he's not, it doesn't change the fact that he is in control. So my encouragement to you is to find peace in that. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, again, I am so thankful for who you are and for who you're not. Father, I am thankful that you consecrated me to yourself and it had nothing to do with who I am. Father, it had everything to do with this just part of your plan. 
Father, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that there's really nothing that I bring to the table. Father, I bring nothing but bad, just sinful, sinfulness. Lord, and and I'm thankful that you don't take me as I am. I mean, you do in a sense, but I'm I'm thankful that you mold me and will continue to mold me into the image of your son until the day that I die. Father, that you don't take me as scum and leave me as scum, but you take me as scum and, and change me into the image of your perfect and holy son. Father, I'm thankful for men like James who um, just lay it out there. Lord, I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit's work in James' life back in A.D. 60 or whenever it was. Father, it, it, it's amazing how when you really stop and think, all oh, this stuff really did happen. Father, and how they're not fairy tales, they're not stories, though we grow up hearing them as stories, Lord, but they're truth. Your word is truth. Father, I pray that this week we would treat your word as truth. Lord, that it would be so important to us that we would pick it up and not put it down. Lord, that we would eat and eat and eat of your word. Father, that you would continue to be faithful as your word says you are to continue to change us and mold us into the image of your son. Father, I pray that as everything around us is so up in the air, Lord, that we wouldn't be. That we would be solid. And we would be solid because we're in you and you are solid. Lord, there's no variation of turning with you. You are who you are. And I'm so thankful for that. Father, I'm thankful for the protection you've put over your people. Lord, I'm thankful for um, Jim being able to come home. Father, that's, that's an answered prayer. And I'm looking forward to the day where I can get a, get a hug from Jim. Lord, keep him safe. Keep him protected. Lord, I'm looking forward to the day where we can come back um, and be face-to-face. Lord, I love the students in this church body. Lord, and I'm thankful for the work that you're doing among them. Lord, I just lift up 412 ministry to you. Pray that you would continue to grow us, Lord, in your knowledge and your truth. Father, I commit that to you. It's in your name we're praying. With all my heart, I love you. Amen. From the highest of heights to the depth of the sea. Creations revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature unique in the song that it sings. All exclaiming, indescribable. Uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God.
struggle, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim, you are amazing God. Who has told every lightning bolt where it should go? seen heavenly storehouses laden with snow who imagined the sun and give source to its light yet conceals it to bring us the coolness of night none can fathom indescribable Uncontainable, you place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struggle we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are amazing, God. stars in the sky and you know them by name you are amazing God all powerful untamable all struggle we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim you are amazing God incomparable you see the depths of my heart and you love me the same you are amazing God you are amazing God you are amazing God Lord we thank you so much for loving us even though we sin and we do as you tell us not to do god thank you for um pursuing us and still loving us and still wanting us to be your children god just what a blessing that is just thank you so much for who you are and like you said and like Corey said um who you're not god uh it's just we serve an amazing god and i just pray that we would all realize that for um the rest of this week god i pray that we would live to glorify you and to honor you in all that we do in your name i pray amen Okay, a few announcements before we let you go tonight. If you will recall, we had a, we had a challenge. It was the chicken dance challenge. Uh, it, many of you didn't even know this probably, but that chicken dance song was the original Auburn fight song. That got changed over time. Uh, they got tired of watching their cheerleaders do that dance. But in, in any case, Auburn fight song, if you're ever wondering. But tonight, if you recall, to, you had to get your videos in by, last, not, by yesterday, last night. And tonight we're doing the drawing. So tonight we've got a special guest who's going to come up here and pick his nose, uh, not his nose, pick the winner of the chicken dance competition. So Luke Bonner, everybody, round of applause. Thank you very much. Woo! Yeah. Jazz hands. Do some jazz hands, Jasmine. All right.
So, Luke, it is up to you. Please pick us a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So many options. Drum roll. And the winner is... Where's Michael Scott? Kaylee Byers. Kaylee Byers! Kaylee Byers! Woo! Kaylee Byers! for Kaylee Byers! Nicely done, Kaylee. Listen, we're going to show your videos. Uh, I don't know that we'll get them done in here, but we're going to show your videos at least when we get back to our normal uh, youth room and our normal meetings, okay? We appreciate you guys that participated. For those of you that did it, well, <laughs> you're obviously losers, okay? All right, announcements. Let me get my little clicker here. Wednesday night meetings. We're going to continue doing this live stream through May, okay? We're, we're waiting to see all the changes, but basically keep joining us Wednesday nights right here just like you're doing. Uh, we, we're, we're appreciative of, that we have this format, but um, don't give up on us. We're going to get back together one day, but until then, keep joining us. Ladies Bible study. They're still doing that. That's awesome. May 4th, 7, 7 o'clock, so next Monday, join the ladies for Hebrews. Corey shared with me. They're doing Hebrews because Megan picked that thinking that was a book in the Bible that God specifically wanted to talk about coffee. It is not Hebrews, it's Hebrews. She was devastated when he tried to explain that to her. She still doesn't get it, so y'all be patient as as she teaches that. Starting Monday, May 4th, 7 o'clock, join them. If you don't know about it, call Megan or Amanda. Summer retreat. Summer retreat. We got to know, got to know. Please contact Amanda or Megan by tonight. Tonight, people, we need to know. Let them know if you're going or if you're not going, okay? That is all of our announcements. So we want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, we, we hope you're enjoying it, hoping you're, you're participating, and we look forward to seeing you back here next week. Take care and have a good week. God bless.